Please, I gave you my cold for Christmas. <laughs> Must have picked it up from the bus. Some jerk with bronchitis, cause I'm sniffly. Oh, so sniffly. <laughs> Joints are achy and my throat is sore. Nose is runny and I need some more vitamin C and manuka honey. Wish upon the star of Bethlehem that I can stop coughing up phlegm. Sick and I'm having a cold on Christmas. This is a very paragraph. Uh, we're very happy to have our Christmas special. This program is brought to you by viewers like you. Just to uh, hold back and enjoy the noise. These guys are going to run you through a few new things on birds, and you're going to learn a few things, too. Have fun. Got tissues by the box, and I got you some cozy socks. Sorry I gave you my cold for Christmas. No, there's no quick fix. You might see Uncle and try antibiotics. Happy uh, Ho-Ho holidays, and uh, have a grouse New Year as well. You have tuned in your dial to Aviary Paragraph. That's right, it is December 20th, 2015. And that's right, you guessed it. This is Aviary Paragraph in our most formal Christmas episode to date. Uh, welcome to all the birders out there, and this is a very special episode. With me, as always, uh, is Martin Salinas. A birders hello to you, Zan. A birders hello to you, Martin. Uh, I am Zan Mars, um, and uh, you know, we actually got a new addition on the show. You could call him our, our uh, Tim Turn. It's uh, Timothy Lecque of Wildlife Eco- Ecology fame. Uh, he's joining us to discuss those foul-feathered creatures we call game. Yeah, really, really happy to be here. Uh, this is a special Christmas edition of the show, and we are proud to be here, uh, as we just uh, stated here. Uh, we have some great holiday theme material to discuss. Obviously, this is a holiday show, so we do like to speak on the holidays about the holidays with you, the viewer, in regards to those holidays that you are participating in. We've lined up some of these great special guests. i got to tell you, we have Rochelle Twos, we have uh, uh, Ashley, we have um, uh, Tim has his, he might have his cousin coming on. Um, there are a lot of great uh, sort of reliable resources of birding information in the Pacific Northwest. You'd say it's a veritable who's who of the Birder um, Hall of Fame. Uh, and so to get us started, I would like to talk about one of the lowliest of the birds out there, um, the pigeon, but not just yet because I'd like to talk a little bit more about what we're going to talk about on the show. Now we have a lot of information out there right now on birds here in the studio. We have a painted bunting story, we got a spotter's sound, we got a turtle dovetail. We got the bird cast, and we have our biggest story today on a very special popular Christmas gift this year. Spoiler alert, it's drones. Um, and so with that, I uh, say to you, Martin, uh, wow, I, I, you know, we're just going to leave that. I like to start the show, Martin, I got to tell you, a little bit of small talk. I call this birders small talk. How have you been? You know, Zan, I've been, I've been doing really, really good. I've gotten a chance to go out birding more than I actually normally get to go out birding, so that always lifts my spirits in this holiday season. Okay. Uh, Tim, how about you? How have you been uh, lately? Man, really, just the opposite. I've barely gotten to go birding at all, so I'm in yes. pretty low spirits. Right. Uh, you're kind of reaching that bah humbug um, before the holidays. I just, yeah, I just wish I could uh, get a little bit more birding in. So, uh, speaking of which, we have a very interesting painted bunting story. Now, we all know about bunting. We all know about bunts. 
you know, but we really, uh, we have a really uh, fascinating story coming to us. Martin, uh, you want to take the reams on, uh, reins uh, on this one? Yeah, Zan. Now, this story, I mean, this is, this is pretty hot off the presses. Okay. This story is really, I mean, it is wild. It's crazy. It's the kind of thing that could only happen around the holiday season. And this story comes to us from the New York Post. Uh, the title of this story is People Are Losing Their Shit Over This Bird. Well, okay. Um, Tim, now, uh, you used a similar uh, foul language on this show. I gotta remind you guys that this is a all-ages access show. And we do show this show to um, uh, kids as young as two, so please refrain from uh, saying so, sort of slanderous uh, slurs on the, on the show like that. Will happen again. Um, I'm kind of losing my shit over things like that because this is oh. this type of oh. shitty behavior is not the. Well, I don't I, know if you noticed that. But yeah, you just, I, uh, I lost my uh, kind of let one my loose. head on that. I guess, I guess yeah. we're all kind of even. <laughs> you know, you gotta let them loose occasionally. So. Well, now Zan, this story is uh, great. Because well, we each have. I guess we each have strike one. So, but combined, that's if it's on the show, it's strike three. So. Um, this might be the last episode of your paragraph. Who knows? Spo- no spoiler alert, but we never maybe know. It, maybe it is. I gotta tell you this story. People are flocking to Prospect Park. That's out of uh, New York. Maybe. Okay. And they're trying to catch a glimpse of this really <laughs> rare bird. I mean, this is a bird that is unbelievably rare for the area. Yeah, the rarity of the bird is very high. Uh, if I remember right, it was the. This is actually the first reported sighting in uh new york city since 1927 wow you know i've never been to new york you know i haven't either yeah if i went and got a chance to see one of these now that would make my trip so you're saying this is sort of a second-hand account of, of the painted bunting story here well it's it's published in the new york post so this is more your interpretation on the story you're saying i yes okay that's great what we're looking at here is you've got all these people, over a hundred people every day, avian enthusiasts. They're showing up to this park, trying to catch a glimpse of this painted bunting. This was um, this article that he's referencing here was written by Sophia Rosenbaum on December second, two thousand fifteen, at two o three a.m. Okay, and to me that time really just shows. I mean, they were trying the to get this thing yeah. out to all it's the burgers. Hot, I out mean, there. when you say hot off the presses, I'd say steaming off the presses because um, the presses were probably steaming. They were so hot. It could have been. Now, uh, all these avian enthusiasts are coming out here. You got one of them, avian enthusiast Doug uh, Goetschfeld. And he says a lot of people are losing their shit over this bird. Uh, he's a birding tour leer. Carrie Randall. That's strike two. Carrie Randall of Brooklyn was actually the first to spot this colorful bird while walking in the park <laughs> just uh, on Sunday before the story was published. Yeah, they call this one the painted painted bunting, so it kind of gives you an idea of the coloration here. Could you describe that coloration to us, Tim? It's a incredibly colorful bird. Uh, neon greens and oranges and uh, blues and uh, during the but behind a winter backdrop, I'm sure it, it sticks right out. Yeah, just and, imagine that thing against a, a winter wonderland. Right? Yeah, I mean, how, how, Martin, how do you think this this bird got there? Does the the article go into any details? You know, uh, Tim Turn, it does not. That's good. To kind of um, sort of uh, remind um, Tim of his status on the show there. No, I think one of the things that's just really captures the the 
palpable excitement of these birders. Yeah. Uh, comes from the words of Carrie Randall, a wildlife photographer and resident of Brooklyn, when he says, When I first tried to photograph it, I was literally shaking so much I had to calm myself down to get the shot. Right, yeah. And, and me personally, uh, my view on that is I actually like um, what uh, Rob Bate chirped. He chirped, uh, people are just ecstatic over this bird. Now that's Rob Bate, the very own, our very own Rob Bate of the Brooklyn Bird Club. Right, and um, the Brooklyn Bird Club, that's a number of, they have a number of clubs and sort of uh, people who are, who are willing to take you out and uh, guide you through uh, the New York birding scene. And um, I got to tell you, Brooklyn Bird Club, uh, as everybody knows, they've uh, been celebrated over 100 years. Everybody knows, I mean, this is child's play to most people. Um, founded in 1909, of course, the famous Edward Veter. Uh, he's a mainstay, obviously. Um, no, he get he gets a, he gets you to the local hotspots. He likes you to join the club. He uh, wants you to contact him. Uh, you know, he definitely uh, brings you to the park and uh, shows you all those birds. And if you're checking out the Brooklyn Bird Club, I mean, they've got field trips. They've got meetings. They go to Prospect Park. They know the local hotspots. They've got a members gallery. They've got birding links. You can join them. You can contact them. You can check out their home. Right uh, now, have you had any other experience with any other sort of? Uh, bird guides or clubs uh, in the New York area? Oh, Zan, I gotta tell you, right. there is one experience as a bird journalist. I gotta tell you, I'm kind of uh, sort of um, uh, preparing myself here, because I got I got a bad feeling about this one, I gotta say. This is a big one, and uh, I know here on Aviary Paragraph, we, we really like to bring the heartwarming stories, but sometimes we gotta give you guys a word of caution out there. Tim, do you have a bad feeling about this story as well? I don't know. You aren't sure yet, yeah. I no. know, that sort of uncertainty. It's yeah, kind of in the, air, in the air, yeah. This story, for those listeners, and really, I mean, I listen in, now's the time, you know. Check this out like you'd check out a, a song of a Where bird. Where's this coming to us from? This is coming to us from tripadvisor.com. That's ah. T-R-I-P-A-D-V-I-S-O-R.com. Ah. Ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So TripAdvisor, they, uh, their logo is kind of like an owl-looking sort of thing. What type of owl do you think that is, the TripAdvisor logo? It might be a pygmy-owl uh, or... Pygmy-owl or something yeah, like that? Really, It's only the kind of the top of the head, so it would be pretty difficult to, to identify the right. down species, you know. Yeah. Do you think, though, that their uh, sort of design team over at TripAdvisor did a good job on sort of representing a, sort of a, a realistic owl? Do you think that that's... You that's know, sort of I something think, you might see in the wild, I guess. Yeah, I think I think in the world of graphic design, you know, simplicity is usually better. Right, heralded, hark the uh, the herald angel sings. Yeah. Right. So, what's the story you got for us here, Martin? This story is it's really uh, a word of caution about Birding Bob, and for for those listeners out there in New York, you've probably heard about Birding Bob. This right. guy is he's he's as crazy as a coot. All right. Okay, yeah. So, Birding Bob uh, leads tours over in Central Park, and he's put out his own bird guide called Birding Bob. The, the review we've got here is from David K. Uh, and David K. starts off by saying, Worst bird guide ever. Uh, he goes on to say, Bob is universally despised among local birders, and with good reason. Not exactly a glowing recommendation, I got a feeling. He's he's kind of starting off with strong language. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, never mind the fact that he is arrogant beyond belief. Without justification, 
but he is a terrible birder. You know, you say he started with uh, strong language, but I'd actually have to preface that by saying the last piece you just reviewed, um, you uh, used, used the word shit. So, um, honestly, that's stronger language, I'd say. And David K goes on to say, he plays amplified recording so loudly that the local Audubon Society has, had, has tried to have him banned from the park. Oh boy. He scares away birds as he goes identifying them as they flee and adding them to his day lists. Hmm. When people complain about how noisy, he is instantly belligerent. He begins boasting about his PhD, which, mind you, David K. points out, is in botany. Oh boy. And insults and threatens them. This pattern is often repeated, and no one with any self-respect should ever patronize his business. Just go to the park and be friendly with the local birders. You're saying nobody with self-respect should uh, patronize this guy's business? I'm saying Birder Bob, uh, sounds like nobody with self-respect is going out with Birder Bob. You know, this review really got me interested in, in Birder Bob, so I went ahead and checked out Birder Bob, uh, his website over it. And this website is hosted by Dr. Robert... De Candido, PhD, better known around Central Park as Birding Bob. Yeah, he um, seems to be wearing some sort of turtleneck in the photo on his site, uh, pointing to spotting a bird. Um, he's going on a special Christmas walk. Uh, maybe he uh, has doesn't have as much family at home, and so that's why he's decided to go on this Christmas walk. I'm not sure. Um, I can only speculate on that at this point in time. Uh, so that's enough about Bird Bob. This is a Christmas episode. Uh, talk about not birds outside, but birds inside. After a bird has died, uh, uh, we're doing a, 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 a Christmas uh, special uh, comment. Um, when we come back, um, we're going to have Rochelle Tews on the show as, as a guest talk with us a little bit about uh, taxidermy, prepping some skins. Okay, and um, we're back. Uh, so we're really going to talk uh, a little bit more about uh, birds on this uh, uh, second half of the show. And um, you know, do you do you like do you like birds, Tim? Yeah, I do. I'm going to hazard a guess and, and say that Martin likes birds. Well, we actually are are uh, talking a little bit about when when birds uh, die, and um, they do get taxidermied uh, by scientists. And I know that you have a little experience in this. We're bringing Rochelle Twos on the show to talk about her experience prepping the science skins. And uh, <clears throat> uh, we were hoping to bring Martin in and talk with Rochelle a little bit more about that. We're just uh, now connecting with Rochelle Twos. Hey! Uh, Rochelle? Hi, I'm here. It's great to have you here on the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, uh, now I know that... Uh, You've kind of been a scientist in the past, um, sort of been doing some prepping, some skins in terms of taxidermy. 
Uh, we just had a few questions. Uh, I got to say, um, do you enjoy taxidermy? Uh, do you uh, enjoy taxidermy? Sort of prepping the science scans? Um, yeah, I, I've, I've always really loved it. Like, it's, it's, I know, I know it's, it's kind of odd and strange thing to enjoy, but I, I, I think it's really beautiful, though, but, um, like, the, the preserving of, of a life form after uh, something is, has perished, and I, I, um, yeah, you, you love, love it a it. lot. It sounds like you're having a real love affair with taxidermy. I gotta say, um, we do have Martin Salinas here on the show. Uh, I believe he also might be having a love affair with taxidermy. Um, so we'd like to uh, sort of have you communicate with him here on the show and sort of discuss um, both of your sort of. Um, uh, I don't know if it would be equivalent love. It seems like you're very. Um, uh, you, you really uh, uh, love to uh, sort of play around with dead birds. Martin loves to do that as well. She may love it more than me, but Rochelle, I mean, anytime we're talking taxidermy, you know as well as I do, we gotta warn those listeners out there, this is not something we're just going out and taking any bird we want <laughs> and keeping in our possession. I'm sure you're very familiar with the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Oh, absolutely. No, we're definitely like, very careful. Like, it doesn't, we're just not running around killing birds for our own pleasure. Like, yeah, so you say you're, you're, are you are you admitting to our studio audience that you're running around killing birds for your own pleasure? <laughs> no, that's the opposite. Oh, okay. I okay, I got you. <laughs> now, you, you, I'm sure you as 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 well as I have been really surprised. You're going in. Think back to your first study skin that you were preparing. And uh, after you make the three cuts on the back of the skull, uh, you certainly, when you're pulling out the eyes, I mean, you can't tell me you didn't notice a thing looks a lot like blueberries. Oh, they do. You're right. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have any advice for uh, people who are now getting into taxidermy? I know that um, in terms of uh, taxidermy, this would be a great time to sort of uh, uh, plug your um your uh, business on this that you think uh what do you uh what do you uh have adv as advice for people who are looking to get inside the taxidermy industry um i would say just like do as much research as you can like just um you know get books from the library and then like you know, go to your local conservationist and you know ask if they have any intern opportunities. Yeah, I feel like I have just so many business ideas about it that it's hard to pick even one um, to to be specific. But you know, I, I really feel like there's a future in this level. You know, it's it's scientific, but it is also very creative as well. So I would encourage everybody who has an interest in it to not, not, uh, not, don't talk that one away, you know, bring cool. it out to the world. Um, so, uh, Tim actually on the show is, uh, is, he's an intern as well. Uh, Tim, would you like to say hello? Uh, hey. Yeah, hi. Hey, Tim. <laughs> um, and I, so Martin had a few more questions he wanted to ask you about taxidermy at this point in time. And then we'll, uh, we'll be able to let you go. Uh, we do want to say happy holidays to you out there. Could you repeat that? Uh, what's the weather like? 
Oh, very funny. Um, uh, Martin, you had a few quite last questions to ask? Yeah, Rochelle, let's just uh, get serious again here, and uh, I'm sure you've had the experience. You get into a bird, some birds, they're clean, they're easy. Other birds, you get these fatty little morsels, especially those oh. those overwintering uh, saltwater birds can just be unbelievably oh. fatty. Now, have you... Greasy. Oh, that grease. Have you ever... What, what's your technique for uh, degreasing or defatting the bird? Well, you know what? Honestly, Martin, I just got to get in there with my bare hands and just clean that fat right off, right between the skin and the muscle. I just go in there with my dull probe, and I just clear that fat. I use a little borax. Whatever I can do to kind of absorb a little bit of that storage material so those birds can ensure themselves a good life calorically. I just have, that's my goal. My number one goal is to get in there and really scrape that shit out. You know what I mean? Excuse my French. I'm sorry. No, family program. You know, honestly, at this, really point, at this point, at this point, you, uh, <laughs> it's the right episode to, uh, be <laughs> to drop, a, drop a few S bomb. Yeah. To, to speak French as well. Uh, so uh, now <laughs> Thank what, you. Now, what is the efficacy of borax usage when you are um, sort of uh, probing these birds? Now, do you find it to be uh, 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 something that needs Dying. to... Drying. I see. It's absorbent. Yeah, no, well, obviously we know the absorb absorbent capabilities borax presents, but do you think that it is a useful tool is what I'm asking? Yes, no, I definitely do. So you're saying you'd like these birds to be dry... And you don't like the grease in these birds. I mean, honestly, I can't really even imagine a specimen that is cleaned improperly and has fat on it. It just, it create a huge mess for, you know, it put a collection in, in a very serious risk. Now, and it would be a very dangerous situation. Michelle, I hate to cut you off, but uh, I, we've been talking real serious. I've got to ask you a good uh Kind of a fun holiday question here. What I'm going to be asking you is to share with our viewers your most favorite species to prepare, followed by your least favorite. My most favorite species to prepare would definitely be a belted kingfisher, and my least favorite would be anything in the Trudidae family because they have such thin skin. It just tends to really rip before I can get in there and do my job. My first uh, uh, botched specimen was actually a varied thrush so there you go now Tim wow that's just another example of Martin's intense talent yeah I know he's a great guy now Tim um I heard that uh, you might be getting uh, a special Christmas gift this year now uh, what um what are you getting for Christmas this year you know I I really don't know like and uh Martin uh you um do you have any special gift Gifts it. I feel I uh, Ra Rochelle Twos is um, I think we've lost her uh, connection here. I I'm not sure if maybe we'll try and get that connection again. One uh, one moment here on Aviary Paragraph. <laughs>
a goodbye. And that was Rachel Tooze. Um, so, what do you think is a great gift for a birder to get another birder this holiday season? You know, if I uh, had the means, Zan, and you know I do, yeah, I'd be getting every birder I know. Excuse me, um, I'm still getting some communiques from our recent guest here on my uh, cellular telephone. Uh, it, it does say that she is actually currently, we caught her in her automo uh, her automobile. She's currently on the move. Um, signal was lost. But uh, she is doing all right at this at this juncture in time. Good to know that she's safe. Yeah, we uh, we do. Uh, we wish that uh, you drive safe out there. Um, everybody, you, there are icy conditions out there on the roads right now. So, Martin, uh, speaking on that tip of uh, uh, of uh, what we want to uh, get everybody for Christmas this year, we love to get people gifts. Um, it's a, a symbolic duty uh, in in the during the Christmas holiday season. Uh, what would you like to get a uh, birder from one birder to another if they want to get each other gifts? What should they sort of um, give each other on on this around this time of year? You know, a lot of birders are often wondering the same thing: What do I get for my birding friends? And uh, this uh, this holiday season, we got a great recommendation for you. This is a just really phenomenal book called "A Supremely Bad Idea: Three Mad Birders and Their Quest to See It All." This is a book by Luke Dempsey, uh, and really, I mean, uh, the best review comes out of the Minneapolis Star Tribune, which says, riotously fun. I, I approve of all who buy that on um, Amazon.com. That's where I buy all my books. Um, I don't go to bookstores anymore um, at all. I actually purchase um, literally everything. I buy my groceries on Amazon. I have Amazon TV Fire Stick. I don't have a Kindle. I have Amazon Fire um, I love the fire, the uh, Amazon Fire. Um, uh, it's great, and uh, you know I, I pretty much buy everything on Amazon.com. You know why? Why shop when you can sit, sit? I pardon, pardon my French, but sit, sit on your butt and and um, sort of just look up what whatever sort of things you want to buy and just I'm um, shipped right in. They ship uh, ice cream even ice cream gets wow. shipped directly to you. Ice cream. Yeah. Now this book, Zan. I mean. You look at the title, and you're immediately going, a supremely bad idea. Yeah. I mean, it kind of entices you. You want to open the book and go, what was the bad idea? What happened? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see what you're saying there. Tim, now, I know that you've read this book a couple times. And yeah. It's one of your favorites. Uh, now, what exactly do you like so much about this book? You know, it really just, the 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 characters are just so wacky, you know? Yeah. They just... They really take the wackiness to. Did a you whole like the level. the chapter on Noah and his band of smugglers? That was my favorite. I would. I, I mean, I think that anyone who would read the book, that's that's definitely their right. favorite chapter. And one thing it's I hilarious. hear from from everybody yeah, is totally. this: this book is just punctuated by frequent bursts of hilarity and weirdness. Yeah, it's not if for your friends who like football, don't get them this book. Um, it's a little bit too weird, maybe for those friends. Um, but I will say though that Amazon.com, you can buy a lot of stuff there. Um, but did you hear recently about uh, Amazon's plan to how they're going to get stuff to you? Uh, I heard that they were going to be employing some kind of non-human. What, what do you call those things? I'm not sure, Tim. Do you know what those are called? Uh, uh, uh no. No. Uh, Amazon is employing some sort of robotic device. Oh, the, the drones. Oh, yes, the drones. And that's a great, um, actually, segment, a uh, leadway um, into our next segment, um, which is on drones.
Um, so now I will say we have a lot of people out there who might, you know, you're talking about how burgers need to get each other books. Oh, you know they do. Right. But for me, I'm thinking like I would rather have an ebook. You know, it, uh, it works for, it's sort of an, uh, free of gender. Uh, drones are completely free of gender. That's what I like. They're um, very impersonal overall. Right. Which is really uh, sort of a the beautiful thing about drones. Um, I mean, you can talk about drone beauty and you're going to be talking about that. But there are some actual downsides uh, to drones. Mm, I think I've heard about this. Yeah. And um, so I'm, I went to 10,000birds.com. Uh, and they have this amazing article called Drones, the Next Thing Birds Will Be Arguing About. It's got a fantastic picture of an eagle um, there. It's a very interesting picture. You know why? When you look at that bird, what, what do you find so interesting about this bird? It's very, uh, very, has a human-like face. Seems shocked. Seems shocked. Right, and, and this is what's most fascinating about this bird, is that, that this is an eagle picture. Um, we'll have a link to this in the show. Um, this eagle actually had a 3D um, a printer make its beak. Its beak was uh, smashed off, and uh, its beak was uh, 3D printed back on. i got to tell you, that, that almost makes this sort of a, a, bio, a bionic, um, sort of drone-like eagle in its appearance, I, I'd say. To drones, uh, Martin, do you have any opinions on drones? Yeah, you know, I will say that... Uh... Drones have been kind of a contentious topic within both the National Park Service and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. The uh, USFWS has actually recently come out with an official policy that drone photography is not allowed without special permits. So they've kind of come down heavy-handed on the side of uh, no drones. So, Tim, uh, I know you are our um, intern here on the show today, currently. Um, But I am going to ask you a few questions that 10,000birds.com... Uh, did uh, ask, um, is a regular flight of a drone over a wetland going to affect what birds nest there? Um, These are rhetorical questions. Oh, um, well, you know, that, that might, uh, that might be so. They, I, you know, it's a crazy, wacky, you know, machine type device coming over. I mean, that would, that would scare me if... You know, rhetorically. Right, birds are already a little skittish, right? Oh, quite so. Uh, So so let's say a duck hunter knows that the closed pools nearby has ducks, and it's dead in the pool where they are hunting, and they call their friend to check on the ducks with a drone, and the ducks get flushed and go to the hunting pond. Now that seems like foul play to me. They asked that, here in the article they actually asked that as a question, but I I don't actually... I uh, think that's a question. More of a... It's more just an observation, I suppose. So, uh, Audubon Society also has some great resources to keep birds from colliding with drones um, and buildings and airplanes and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff in the sky, as everybody knows. We've got a bunch of space... we got a lot of space junk up there. Yeah, so uh, basically they, they are offering a few tips on... Uh, on how we can uh, better look out for our sort of uh, what they call they use this interesting term for birds sky mates um, now I've never heard that uh, term used to talk about birds have you ever heard this uh, that's actually brand new to me Zan. okay uh, so yeah you know they basically say they track how birds move at home uh, use this info to pick up better airport locations put visual markers on your windows there's a lot of stuff actually that not just the droners out there uh, need to do, but the birders All and homeowners, it's sort of like a collaborative effort for these drone owners. So uh, pretty much they're saying, uh, because drones are out there now, 
we've all got to anticipate that and change our lives accordingly and sort of um, just keep the, the skies clear so that the drones can be out there and uh, can move around freely. You know, if it was up to me, we'd have a no-fly zone through all of spring and fall migration. Yeah, you know, you see those, see those painted buntings, and that, that kind of gives you the idea of uh, birds, um, you know, being colorful uh, so that drones hopefully won't hit into them. But you also see, hear instances where drones do hit into them. Very sad when you do hear that. Very sad. Very, very sad. Um, so that was our segment on drones. I gotta say, this uh, Christmas episode is going fantastic. Uh, a little ho-ho-ho to everybody out there. Um, we will uh, have to take a break at this juncture, and we'll be back. You're listening to Aviary Paragraph. Stay with us. back to Avery Paragraph. We gotta say, Christmas has a lot of sounds out there, um, and uh, uh, Tim, what do you know best about sounds? Um, you know, this time, of, this time of year, I really enjoy the, you know, the sounds of the holidays, whether it be the, the jingle of a, of a jingle bell, or, you know, the, the twirl of a, of a dreidel. You yeah. Know, all cultures equally, you know. Right, this is a Christmas show, but I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Definitely. We want to leave um, Christmas open for celebration by by all uh, peoples. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it looks like we aren't going to be having Ashley on the show today, so... Uh, we, we may have a backup guest. We, we might have a backup <laughs> guest here, though. Mm. Uh, so we're just going to try our hand uh, here um, on Martin's uh, uh, telephone, trying to get that backup guest. Hello, Jake. Hey. This is Martin Salinas calling you from Aviary Paragraph. Hey, Jake. How's it going? Oh, good. Well, we want we wanted you to play a little. Uh, well, you know, we wanted you to play a little game on our show here. Uh, our, you probably know this uh, game. Our viewers love this game called Spotter Sound. Do you have a moment? I can't believe it. Are you familiar with the show? Well, we, we do have you here on the... So we're going to have a sound, and um, it's a bird sound, and then they're going to have another two sounds recorded at once. Uh, it's a bird sound and another sound, and then uh, we're just going to have a third sound. So you have to guess what these sounds are. We're going to have these sounds coming at you just real quick here. Um, are you ready? Once you think you know what the sound is, just say bunting. 
And here we are playing the sound here on Spotter Sound. Okay, and what do you what do you think that's that that uh, that sound is uh, there, uh, uh, Jake? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the uh, uh, Canadian goose. <coughs> that's an interesting answer, but not enough. Uh, you're gonna have to go a little further with that. What do you mean go further? I'm afraid there's another bird there in that sound. Was it also a cackling goose? We're gonna take a brief brief uh, break here to just mention that Jake is a currently a, a filmmaker, um, and uh, he does uh, actually have also worked on many films in the Pacific Northwest area. Uh, really, these are beautiful. You gotta get out there and see them. We're gonna talk a little bit more about this at the end of Spotter Sound. Um, J Jake, that uh, are you with us, buddy? Okay, um, now that actually uh, was wrong on Splatter Sound. So we're going to move over to Martin. Um, now, do you have any guesses here? You know, I think that Jake was onto something with the Canada Goose, but I may have detected uh, some calls of the American Dipper in the background as well. Interesting answer, uh, Tim. Yeah, like the, you know, the like Jake and Martin said, the, the, the Canada Goose is obvious, but... Uh... The other one, you know, it's just a little tweet, 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 right. you know, it's kind of, could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, um, do, do you have any idea on what that, that could uh, be? Uh, how about a, uh, how about a, uh, a tit, great tit. Okay, uh, so here on Spotter Sound, uh, Jake, are you, are you, are you still there, buddy? All right, I'm glad I'm glad to hear it, buddy. So you were wrong on that first spotter sound. So you have zero. Um, uh, Martin was correct. That was uh, actually in the background amongst the geese. That was an American Dipper singing uh, singing along with some of their geese sounds. Wait, did I get the geese right though? Uh, yeah. So we'll give you half. Did a, I get a half a point? Yeah, you get half point. Uh, point five. Yeah. So five uh, for you. Point five for uh, Tim. And that'd be one point for Martin here on Spotter Sound. We have our second sound coming at you. So if, when you do hear that sound, uh, uh, um, Jake, uh, you know what to say, right? Uh, All right, here we go. Uh, I, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, that was a that was a tough one. Uh, any other guesses? Uh, that was close. Uh, that was, I mean, it was ballpark. Um, uh, uh, Tim, do we have any guesses on this? Uh, I def it sounded like a, an audience cla clapping and then a, uh, a, sc a screech of a, of a raptor. Perhaps a... Either a red-tailed hawk or a barn owl. And uh, uh, Martin? I'm definitely going to go with uh, a... Crowd applause and a red-tailed hawk. So, you, so Jake, you got point five, um, and actually, you guys were correct. That was a red-tailed hawk, with an audience in the background. Um, so, uh, Tim, you now have uh, one point five. Martin, you have two, and uh, Jake is trailing us here with uh, point five here on Spotter Sound. And uh, Jake. I hope so because this next one is worth um, uh, three points. Yeah, so this is sound number three. It's the most difficult sound. It's worth three points here on Spotter Sound. We're going to play this sound for you here live on Spotter Sound. Ho, ho, ho. 
Santa here. A very Merry Christmas and the happiest New Year. Ho, ho, ho. Did you get any of that? Okay, um, now, uh, what do you think that was, Jake? Uh, I think that was, uh, like, Santa. Um, uh, Martin? I believe that was Santa Claus. Okay, and, uh, Tim? Uh, I'd have to go with Santa with some jingle bells in there. Alright, um, that was one of our more difficult, uh, I mean, I guess that would be an easier question because it is, um... You know, he does say in there that it is Santa Claus. Uh, so um, that is a win for all three of you here on Spotter Sound. But unfortunately, Jake, uh, with that win for you, as well as uh, our other guests, your score is bumped from uh, that 0.5 up to 3.5, um, which uh, actually is the is the worst score um, uh, today, ah. today on Spotter Sound, I'm afraid. That middle sound. Yeah, seen any birds lately? All right. Well, um, I guess that's good to hear. Uh, but it was good. Good having you on as a guest here on Spotter Sound. All right. You keep birding. See you. See you later. Oh well, actually, he's already been. Okay. Well, that was Jake Walconis here on Spotter Sound. Um, he now that yeah, he, he did have quite a loss there. Yeah, definitely. But it was kind of close between you two. Yeah, on Spotter Sound. That's true. Me and uh, Tim always seem to kind of go neck and neck. Great competitor. All right, well, this is a Christmas episode, and um, we did get a little, uh, I guess we got a little bit of a Christmas gift in terms of Santa Claus being live on the show. Yeah. So we now uh, go to, go to uh, so we hear that Santa's going to be out there uh, giving gifts to all the little children out there. Um, I know that kids love uh, talking about Santa quite a bit. Uh, so we do have a, uh, to talk, though, about the weather around Santa's um, journey and how he's going to get uh, the, through that weather safely. Uh, Martin has this issue of BirdCast. Here on BirdCast, we love to talk about all things related to weather and birds. And for our Christmas special, we're bringing you a little-known fact. This is Insider Knowledge, brought to you from Aviary Paragraph. And what we want to talk to you viewers, you listeners about, is that every year, the National Audubon Society actually reports to Santa's elves they coordinate the timing of his launch of his sleigh from the North Pole to ensure that no birds will be harmed. National Audubon commits significant resources every year to making sure that this can happen. This year, they've given Santa the all-clear for New Christmas Eve. Martin, where are you going for Christmas, Sam? Squim. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, sorry, I meant Tim. Uh, I am gonna be up in the seattle greater seattle area yeah um i'm gonna be hopefully see some birds up there just want to hope maybe a bald eagle or a cormorant possibly a, G a gbh oh i wouldn't doubt it yeah um well that's great uh news martin about um santa and all that we're glad to hear it definitely uh so our next uh, big uh um talk on the show uh, is in regards to uh, one of our favorite but most overlooked holiday birds. Uh, that is the bird that the European turtle dove. So, um, life is symbolic, start interpreting. That is the famous words 
of uh, whatsyoursign.com, where we read our article about dove symbolism. Um, so dove symbolism and meaning. What is uh, with the dove? Uh, now you guys hear these stories about turtle dove on a holiday all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, formerly known as Streptopalia turter, it's a member of the bird family Columbidae, um, of the dove and pigeon. It's a beautiful dove. It's an amazing dove. It's a turtle dove. You know, you see these things out there, and they're huge in culture and have a lot of history behind them. Uh, beautiful birds, really. Uh, so, and actually, you know, the funniest thing was happening is, um, so you guys remember I met that guy at the deli. I was talking about this a couple while ago at the show. So we've been birding a lot recently, and I told him earlier to, today, I, we met up, we were hanging out, we were chilling out um, before the show, and uh, I told him, I'm going to talk about the uh, turtle dove today on the show. And he said, wait a minute, what's that got to do with birds? And, uh, and I was kind of like, what are you talking about? It's a turtle dove. I'm talking about turtle dove. It's a, it's a bird. And he's like, wait a minute, why, why are you going to... He thought I was talking about hairy turtle dove who um he's actually a science fiction writer and i would I, I had to tell him i had to fill him in on the inside scoop give him the inside scoop and say no 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 i'm not talking about hairy turtle dove this is the european turtle dove i don't think i ever actually got it through to him no i'm talking about this is a bird so uh the european turtle dove uh again it has a lot of different meaning uh, on onceyoursign.com, they uh, they'll actually know the symbolism because I know a lot of people like to get uh, you know sparrows or or warblers. Swallows are huge for tattoos. Um, people love having different types of birds um, inked on their skin. This thing symbolizes love, hope, faith, truth, peace, trust, purity, guidance, calmness, protection, inspiration, spirituality, redemption, motherhood, transcendence, divine messages, and virginal qualities. Which, I gotta say, if um, if there's one thing you'd like to sort of present to people, it's that you're kind of uh, spiritually clean, and I think the turtle dove does us so well by accomplishing things like that. So that was our segment on the turtle dove. Um, beautiful bird. Uh, I do know that there's one thing that we're gonna have to talk about. It's a secret. We'll give it to you on this break. in all of birding that is the history of the christmas bird count um of course we do have our haiku this one today is a gift to everyone consider this your christmas gift from aviary paragraph this haiku comes to us from jeff hooks actually posted on his twitter feed if you haven't followed jeff hooks i recommend doing so yeah when we do get a twitter um account i think the number first thing we're going to do is actually follow jeff hooks 
because he has um, an incredible uh, array of uh, haikus on his website. And we actually have Jeff Hooks here in the studio. Um, uh, we brought, we flew him in to have him uh, uh, tell us his uh, famous, actually, haiku to us here live in the studio. Uh, Jeff, you want to take us away? Rumbling Thunderhead, an American Red Start, stops flashing its wings. Well, thanks, Jeff. That was uh, great. Um, now, I know you're a very experienced haiku artist. Do you think that Twitter is usually is kind of the platform that 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 most haiku artists are looking for? No, but it's worked for me. Okay. Uh, Tim, do you have any questions for Jeff? Oh, uh, where do you come up with this stuff? There's just so many great haikus on here. I just I just can't believe it's all coming from from one guy. You know, Tim, when I write a good haiku, it's not so much like it feels like I'm finding the words as much as it is that the words are finding me. Um, the, the words, they, they actually, they come to you. Yeah. That's, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it sounds very impressive. Honestly, I'm, I'm a little impressed. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Um, so, Martin, do you have any um, anything you wanted to say to Jeff? Jeff, I just really appreciate you coming out all this way to read your haiku. Certainly a beautiful work of art. And having your voice to share it just adds so much depth to our show. I gotta say, Jeff is really a great resource. I mean, can you believe that guy? I mean, he's, can you believe that? I, I, it was unbelievable. Yeah. To me. I know. It's like, honestly, before the show, we were actually talking with Jeff a little bit. Um, we had him in the AP studio a little bit just to kind of give him the brief rundown of how we're going to do this thing. And it was like, almost like he was talking in haiku. Did you guys notice yeah. that? You know, Zan, I did. I did yeah. notice that. Now that you see it, I hadn't noticed it at the time, but I had really seen what I felt like his sentences were all, he was almost doing that four by seven by four thing, every single sentence that he was saying for a few times. Yeah, he's like a, a bird haiku machine, yeah. you know? Right. Well, yeah. And this, this guy, Jeff Hooks, he's out there every day on his Twitter account posting bird haikus. So just, you know, whatever you think is stopping you, just get over it. Go check it out. Jeff Hooks, this guy, he's a master. A wealth of haiku knowledge that really starts from the beginning of when he made his Twitter account over to the end of today when he comes in the studio and he says stuff to us on the show. Couldn't have said it better myself, Sam. Alright, well, um, moving on, we want to talk to you lastly. This is a Christmas episode, so we do have to talk about Christmas. I'm sorry for all the Grinches out there. I know we were, we almost had Tim's cousin on the show. He's Tim, Tim was talking about some sort of dark um, past event in his life that um, has made him sort of the Christmas Grinch, but um, we, aren't, we, aren't, we aren't directing it towards any of those types of people, obviously. No, they wouldn't want it anyways. Right, so why would you, I mean, they're say if they're, Why would you waste your time? If they're going to say, do the whole bah humbug thing, I mean, I'm, I'm basically saying... Right back at you. Yeah, right, <laughs> right back at you. So, the Christmas bird count, Zan, I mean, everybody... As heard, even if you were living under a rock for the last 50 years, you've heard of the Christmas bird count. Now, this amazing tradition has a really pretty unusual history. Wow. You know, I, I, I didn't think that, that that would be the case. 
So right around uh, the 1800s, mid to late 1800s, there was a popular tradition to actually go out on Christmas Day. People would bring their rifles and shotguns, split mm-hmm. into teams, and see how many birds they could shoot. Sounds like something people would do before they could go to the movie theater, I, I think. Yes, and in this case, you had the wonderful work of Frank Chapman, a conservationist who stepped in and proposed that we count birds are you, are instead you gonna, of shooting them. Yeah, right. So get back to the Christmas bird count, please. You know, that was pretty much it. You got Frank Chapman. He said, let's count them instead of shooting them. All right, and so people have been counting ever since, I imagine? Ever since, uh, creating a huge national database of uh, kind of really getting a snapshot across North America, the state of the birds, every year on Christmas. Do you know anything more about Mr. Chapman? This guy truly was conservation in America at a time where conservation, mind you, wasn't as popular as it is today. Right. Uh, Tim, now I know you guys go out on Christmas every year, your family, and does a Christmas bird count. Yeah. Uh, do you guys like to wear uh, cold weather gear or warm weather gear? What do you guys like to usually wear? Uh, we, you know, we get all nice and bundled up, walk down right. to the park, and, you know, just start counting. Yeah, sort of a chestnut's roast on the open fire sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, you know, it's good to stay in the, the festive holiday spirit. Now, something that I stumbled across in all of my research, Zan, was that Frank Chapman was quite the birding adventurer. Uh, He was actually exploring uncharted areas of the Neotropics in search of new and unusual birds. In his memoir, uh, My Tropical Air Castle, he wrote, Camps I have had in many strange and beautiful places. Okay, well, yeah, it sounds like he's really um, gone to the gamut in terms of a lot of different areas. Um, So, you know, that's enough Frank Chapman for us, and that's enough Christmas special for us. I hope you guys uh, liked this this episode of our Christmas special. Um, It was unbelievably um, difficult to prearrange a lot of the different guests we had on the show, but I got to say it was worth it because uh, we had a really sort of a um, great... uh, a cross-cultural uh, group who kind of came to us from all uh, different walks of life and lifestyles um, and um, really uh, very fascinating to have them on the show obviously uh, Tim did you enjoy that yeah you know the the, the more the merrier you know and then yeah. Merry Christmas Christmas special yeah so I think that, yeah, I think it all works out. Right. I yeah, like sometimes when you go to your holiday gathering, and you're there with your family, you uh, don't like some of them, and so it might make Christmas a little tense. Yeah, it often it often does. Yeah. Uh, Martin, um, well, it's great to have you on the show again. I gotta say, and so I'm gonna sign off. You guys, please uh, leave us with a little bit of one Christmas birding tale each. Does that sound good? That sounds great. All right. Christmas, two thousand and three. I awaken and head outside, immediately finding a downy woodpecker. Christmas a few years back, walking along the shores of Lake Sammamish, looking around, no birds in sight. All of a sudden, a fish falls nearly on my head, and I look up, bald eagle. Wow, see, it's really interesting because those stories to me almost sounded like haikus. It's almost like we had Jeff Hooks here in the studio again. He has that kind of effect on people, clearly. Right, it seems like when you, it's almost like you feed off of his power and kind of, 
he helps you sort of um yeah if you if you try to emulate him you're you know that pretty much guaranteed to have some sort of success definitely well um this one goes out to jeff this episode is dedicated to uh, jeff hooks um thanks a lot for coming into the studio um we love you jeff and uh keep doing your work out there and to all the birds out there love you too and get out there and go bird this is martin salinas uh tim this is uh merry christmas tim lucky signing off and uh thanks for uh, having me on as the uh special guest of honor you're welcome, Tim. That's uh, no problem. Um, you know, we can arrange that to have you on every week if you'd like. Yeah. <laughs> See you later.